the community. Inspire Radio. It was so stressful trying to find tiles and bathroom stuff for my renovations. I'm sick of going from shop to shop. It's just so confusing and expensive. You should go to Ceramico Tiles and Bathrooms in Rockingham. They have everything you need. Tiles, toilets, vanities, showers, tapware and more. All under one roof with ranges to suit every budget. See the team at Ceramico Tiles and Bathrooms in Rockingham today and let's get started. Ceramico Tiles and Bathrooms, 3 to 9 Enterprise Way in Rockingham. We are back. You are listening to Ria and B Fridays and today I have a special guest here. So I have Angie Baxter in the studio and we will be chatting about autism and what it's like to live with it and also some, I think, a little bit about emotional dysregulation and reactivity because I think we're both very reactive. So I would like you to say hello, Angie. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, Angie. So, Angie, could you tell me a little bit about yourself, please? Oh, where do you start? <laughs> How about we start with your, I don't know, you don't have to tell anyone your age. I, I wouldn't want to either. I don't personally <laughs> like everyone knowing that. But tell me a little bit about you, pets, where you live, where you come in, from. Um, I live in the local area of Rockingham with my partner, my pets, uh, my dog, Lola. She's my support animal and my pet cat, Garfield. <laughs> and I hear he's a little bit snobby. Yes, he is. Tell me about that. He hates everybody and he has anxiety as well. <laughs> I know what that's like in pets. And um, so anything funny going on with the dog and the cat? Oh, they really don't like each other. Tell me a little bit about that. We have to get a baby gate to separate them still and it's been like months. <laughs> and and the, I'm pretty sure that the cat won't come out if the dog's in the house. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So what? how much do you spoil your pets? Because I'm pretty sure you've told me... You've got room in your house for one of them? Yep, I do. I have a special room for the dog. Yeah. So that she can sleep there so the cat can come out. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your favourite quirk about your pets? Oh, they're both very different. <laughs> so tell me about that. Lola has my dog, Lola. She's very energetic and full on. And my cat's just antisocial. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you like to do? So what are your hobbies? Um, I like to go up shopping. Me too. I'm wearing an op shop dress today. Always, and it's very pretty. <laughs> she's got some very vibrant colours on, guys. She's got purple and green, and then the top is black and there's leaves. Yeah, I think Just so. giving everyone a little picture of what you're wearing. You're a vision of beauty this morning, and I love your little necklace too. Thank very you. Cute. So, all right, tell me about what conditions you have for the people who are listening. Well, firstly, I have autism, and I also have an intellectual disability, and I also suffer with high anxiety. And can you tell me what it's like for you on a day-to-day -day basis having those conditions, how that impacts you? Every day is absolutely different. One day I'll be fine, the next minute, bang, having a bad day. And so what does that look like for you? If you can elaborate a bit more when you're, when you're telling us about um, how it affects you, maybe just go into detail about what that's like, how you feel, that sort of thing. Um, today, I suppose, would be a good example. I was feeling excited, but then I got a little bit nervous. So I asked my support worker to come with me today and she is outside listening. So what does nervousness look like for you? It looks like I turn into like this different person. I get, we call it Dory. <laughs> so what exactly is Dory comp comprising of? I forget things. I lost my keys this morning already. 
I completely understand that. This morning I went to leave and I grabbed my house keys and I was like, where is my car key? And this happens to me every day. I will I literally put it down and then I'll forget where I put it. I'll have my phone in my hand because we both have ADHD, right? Yep. Sure so is. that's one thing we have in common. So you were telling me in the break a little bit about like what other conditions you have as well. You were saying you thought you had... What did you think you had? And then you got diagnosed with the ADHD? Um, I have ADHD and I have uh, intellectual disability. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about what why why you get called Dory, why you call yourself Dory when you get anxious. Well, my partner started it. Um, I forget things. Um, I get a bit upset and angry like Dory does. <laughs> but the good thing about Dory is that she keeps on swimming. Yes, she does. Yeah. And so how old were you when you received your diagnosis? I was seven. And how did that impact you then? Um, a lot. I was a foster kid as well, so my foster mum tried to do her best. So um, being a foster kid is already going to be difficult enough because oh, I've been in foster care myself. I know sort of a little bit about what that's like, but it would be difficult enough going through that. Tell me about growing up in foster care and having autism and what what sort of um, experience was that? So when you were at school, did you experience any kind of bullying? Uh, yes, a lot. So what did that look like? I, especially when I was in high school, I was bullied a lot. Um, some of the girls, it was hard for me to make friends and I was trying to make friends with these two girls that I thought were my friends, but they pushed me down some stairs and threw my bag on the roof of the school and I bro actually broke my nose. <laughs> How did you break your nose? Because they, they pushed me down the stairs. By your face? Yeah. And so why... What was it, what was happening in that in that time? What were they saying to you? They were calling me anorexic and ET go home because I was very skinny back then because I was on Ritalin for my ADHD. Well, that's 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 called stinkma, and I don't I don't like bullying. I'm definitely not a bullying advocate. So, how was that managed for you? Um, I told my, my foster mum, who's I call my mum, <laughs> um, and we told the school, and it didn't really get handled at all. I begged my mum to change schools, but she wouldn't let me because it was too hard for her to let me go to a different school. It would have been difficult, though, and as a mother, changing schools, getting those supports back in place for you and, you know, resolving that. So I can understand that perspective of things, but the fact that the school didn't deal with the bullying, what, how did that impact on you? It impacted me my whole life. And so does that, do you think that that maybe contributed to your anxiety levels? Definitely. And how do you think that contributed to your anxiety levels? Well, now I'm an adult. I'm 31 now. And it's definitely impacted how I make friends and how I trust people. So when you're making friends, what sort of difficulties do you have as a result? Being able to stand up for myself is definitely one of them. If, if I'm being bullied, it's hard for me to, do, to stand up to people. I have not seen that at all in you. I've seen a sassy, fierce woman. Like <laughs> when we when we talk outside of, you know, radio, when we talk outside of work, all I've seen is, nope, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I feel like you're coming into yourself now and I feel like you're – and would I be right in saying that you're, you're getting stronger by the day? Yep, sure yeah. I am. And so – for someone with autism, I'd really like to highlight because I see you every day out there breaking your barriers. I really want to, what can you do that you shouldn't be able to do? Well, there's probably lots of things um, I shouldn't be able to do and can't do. <laughs> so what is what would those things be? One of them is making friends. Um, thanks to Inspire Radio, that I used to actually be a volunteer here. Um, I've been busy lately and haven't been able to come back for a while. I've made a lot of friends here. 
and I miss you all. <laughs> so what else does it look like? What other things can you do that you shouldn't be able to do? Um, go out in public. It's very hard. Um, that's why I have my brilliant support workers. And what else? Well, actually going clubbing. I've actually been able to go clubbing recently and I would never be able to do that without my support worker, Kelly. And what is that experience like going from not being able to do that to being able to do that? It was so amazing and, and scary. <laughs> did you enjoy it? Yes. <laughs> I saw the photos. I thought they were amazing. So tell us where you've been. I went to the courts. Um, I went to a... What event did I go to? <laughs> I've had a mind blank now. I Sorry. can't even think of it. And we were talking about it too. <laughs> Why don't we go to a break and we'll come back and then we can chat more about what it's like to go clubbing with autism. That's a really interesting topic. Here we go. We've got some Jesse J for you guys. For the community, Inspire Radio. You are listening to Ria and B Fridays and I have Angie here with me and we have been talking about, oh, we're basically getting to know Angie. And now we're going to go into talking about autism. So just before the break, you were telling us about some things that you couldn't do um, or you were told you, you wouldn't be able to do um, with autism. And you mentioned that you've been clubbing yes. and you know the event you went to. At, where, where did you go? I went to Pride Night at the Court Nightclub. Yeah. And how it, was it? It was so amazing. I'm glad I got to go. I was actually feeling really nervous and I was actually feeling really sick that same night and I was really tired, but I pushed through and I actually got to go. And so what was it like to push through those feelings? Felt very strange to be able to do it, but I had my support there. Um, she's amazing and I wouldn't be able to do it without Kelly's help. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you as well because I know how anxious you were that day, but <laughs> I wanted to go with you. I was I was so like jealous of you going to that event without well, me. There's a Disney night coming up. <laughs> I know, but I have to make sure it's on the right weekend. We'll have a look at it after the show. So, okay. Was there anything else you were told that you couldn't do that you've done? Mm, probably lots of things. <laughs> do you have any that come to mind? Um, not this right second. <laughs> and so we were chatting about stigma when we went to a song. Yes. And um, I was asking you sort of what, what you see when you're maybe dealing with anxiety in public. What, what does that look like for you when you're anxious? Um, when I'm in public, it can depend where I am and where I'm going. Um, I can sometimes get shaky. I can look, look a bit off balance, especially when I go shopping. Um, I have to actually, it's quite embarrassing when I go shopping. I actually have to use a wheelchair because I get really dizzy. And I'm, I get so embarrassed. And so what is that like when you see other people responding to you? What does that look like? It's like they should just be like whatever. They shouldn't even be worrying what I'm doing. They but what do they do? They just stare and go, why is this person in a wheelchair at a shop? And what would you – so now we can go into what would you prefer that they do? I prefer maybe they ask maybe why um, or just mind their own business. <laughs> How does it make you feel when they're looking at you and you're going through that already anxious and they're responding that way to you? Makes me feel terrible. So what sort of, what response do you have to that? Does it make you more anxious or yes. upset? Makes me anxious and upset and then my anxiety gets even worse. And what do those symptoms look like in you? I'll get dizzy, I'll um, feel like I'm going to fall to the floor, um, my hands will get sweaty, um, I'll come home and the sweat's all running over me. And I'll have to change my clothes. I know another thing that you do that you're not, you, you're probably told you can't do. <laughs> What's that? Sometimes we have drinks. Yes, I yep. do. <laughs> and I know you get quite red. 
when we have when we have our drinks and i know that you you don't really like going to the pub very much but no. i know that we've been to the pub and we've been dancing sure have. yeah <laughs> and karaoke um even I even got up and sang a karaoke song. Yes. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that I think that you really break the norm through and you really push through and show, you know what I mean? You're someone that has autism, but you can do a lot of things that... Uh, do you have a job? Yes, I do now. Um, I never thought I would, but I actually am working casually at the moment. I'm a babysitter in the local area. And do you enjoy your work? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. What's your favourite part about it? Um, seeing the same kids every time and... Um, getting walking them to school. I never thought I'd be able to walk the kids to school and back t- back home, and I was able to do it. And you managed this without a license, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yep. So, what is that like for you? Um, it can be tricky at times, but I've got the support I need to be able to get to work and home, um, which is amazing. Even my support workers or my partner will take me, or I'll ride my new push bike I got. <laughs> and you've also been catching Ubers, which used to make you anxious. Yes, I have recently got a Uber by myself. <laughs> good job. And so um, I guess I just really want to highlight, good job. <laughs> like you've, you've got autism, you don't have a license, you have all these barriers, you have all these other conditions and you manage to work without having a license. That's a massive thing. Tell me about this bike you got. It's a three-wheeler trike. It's red. Go, go fast, go red. <laughs> Um, it actually cost me a lot of money, but it was worth it. Um, I haven't been able to ride it to work just yet. I'm still practicing. <laughs> it's hard to ride a three-wheeler, but it's better than a two-wheeler. <laughs> and I know that there's a basket on the back. Yes, there is, and I've actually taken my dog in the basket. <laughs> and what was that like? She loved it. Yeah? <laughs> I've seen the photo, so you'll have to send me that photo again so I can put it up on the page <laughs> and show everybody because she just looks so cute in the little trike. And um, I guess, look, the other, the other thing I did want to go into with you is emotional dysregulation. So I guess emotional dysregulation means that people with conditions such as autism can struggle to understand how they're feeling and they can struggle to, um, I don't know how to put this, organise their emotions in a way that enables them to respond in a way that society views as, a so- as socially acceptable. Can you tell me about a time where you've um, reacted to something rather than responded and what does that look like for you and then what what happens for you after that? Oh, I've probably done it a thousand times. <laughs> I react to things so, like, easy. Like, even with my partner, even with my friends, I'll react to things that I shouldn't be reacting to but because of my anxiety and my autism, I don't know how to react or what to do or what to say. And it's really hard. Even with my support workers, I've had so much trouble because I just don't know how to get what's in my mind out of my mouth. (laughs) So how does that feel? It feels horrible to not be able to be able to speak, but I try to do my best. I'm now going to be able to get the help I need and I'm looking into getting some more help. But you've also taken some steps towards getting some assistance with that, haven't you? Yes. And what, what steps have you taken? I recently have gotten counselling. Which I'm so proud of you for because I know how hard that step is for me and I don't have autism. And again, it's a barrier that you've broken down that I don't know too many people with autism and anxiety that have the difficulties that you have that have been able to take that leap and go and talk to someone about, I want to change this. So how do you feel having had some counselling? I feel a lot better. I've been a lot happier and I've been able to go to work (laughs) because of it. 
So has it made any changes for you in your emotional reactivity? Yes, it has. And what have those changes looked like? I've been reacting to things a little bit different, um, been realising that if I have done something wrong that I've actually realised I've done it and come forward and said I'm sorry. High five, sister. <laughs> That's awesome. And in those moments where you feel reactive and you're feeling anxious and panicky and you might, I don't know, I don't know how you react, but how, how do you react? If you, can't, if you can't get out what you're saying, what does that look like? How, um, where can that go? I'll get really upset, disorientated. I'll get really confused. Um, I'll just go into this little daze, own little mind, and it takes even my partner or my support worker or a friend to just snap me out of it. And so what normally do you need to snap you out of that? And sometimes my dog. If my dog's there, it just depends on the situation, I guess. What can they do to snap you out of that? Just tell me everything's going to be okay. And what do you want someone to know if, say, you were out on your own and you're in the shops and you, you, you go into something like that? What do you want people out there to know that they can do to help you if they see you dazed, confused or disorientated or maybe angry? Well, actually, um, I've heard about these autism cards um, that you can get for people with autism and I'm, I'm actually getting one sent to me and um, if I was to be in that situation, I'd just show them my card and they would automatically know what to do. So there would be something on the card telling them how they can help you? Yeah. That's awesome. And what response would you like them to have if they're not really sure what's going on? To ask me um, or I'll tell them to call my partner or my support worker. Awesome. So rather than people sort of staring and being shocked, maybe they should approach you? Yes, definitely. What if you're very angry and they don't want to approach you? Is there another way they can go about that? That's a tricky one. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be the instance where you would show them your card? Yeah, I would. Okay, that's awesome. So that's a really good tool. I didn't actually know that that was something that existed. So you can actually show that card and yep. really establish like I'm not doing this on purpose. This is part of my condition. I didn't know about the card either till the other week. That's awesome. How does that make you feel? makes me feel that I can explain to people what's going on with just this one little card that might make a difference in my life. Without having to feel like you can't really get it all out. Yep. Yeah. And so is there any other ways that you feel that your emotions can be heightened, not just in, you know, anger, but, you know, other ways, any, any other way in any other situation where you might respond in a way that people don't understand? Yeah, I guess when, when I get my dizzy spells and feel like I'm going to get off balance and feel like I'm going to fall to the floor, people might not understand why it's happening. I don't even know why it happens. So what we can do, I think we'll go to a song. And then we can have a bit more of a chat about that when we come back. Is that okay? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So, guys, this is Do It by Chloe and Hallie. For the community, Inspire Radio. You're listening to Rhea and B Fridays and it is Friday, yay, because I have Angie up in the house. And before we went to some songs, we were chatting about some support cards that you can use now to show people how you're feeling. Um, I'm just in the break, I really wanted to, to talk more about this, but um, you, you're you actually going to be, firstly, you're going to be going to the court soon and you're going to be doing what? I'm going to be going to Disney night. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm dressing up as Snow White this time. Yeah. And you're <laughs> going to be doing what else? I'm going to be singing karaoke in front of thousands of people. At the court. At the court. So we were talking about things that you were told you wouldn't be able to do. And one of them was probably that you couldn't go to a big public place like the court and dance and drink. Yep. 
And now you're going there and singing in front of thousands of people dressed up. Yes, I am. That's pretty <laughs> freaking awesome. And you've just told me you you have another job. Uh, yes, I also do pet sitting as well and and babysitting and I'm actually a support advocate as well. So I have like three jobs. So tell me about that as well. What's that like for you being someone that is impacted by autism um, to be an advocate for people like you? It is amazing. I'm, I'm very happy. I already support a few people already. Um, I do it off my own time and I don't get paid to do it. I'm so proud of you <laughs> because I like to advocate and I remember when I first met you, I've seen where you've come from and where you're going and your journey just in the last, well, I've known you since April, going from needing to have a support worker with you when you go to your babysitting jobs and that kind of thing to now you go alone, you're applying for jobs that are like 20 hours a week that you're confident that you can attend alone, singing in front of thousands of people, <laughs> like you're just breaking all these barriers and I love that. But speaking of barriers, you've mentioned that you have had a few difficulties with some healthcare professionals. Yes, I really have the last few weeks. And so what does that look like? Oh, it's terrible. It's shocking. I've even taken my support workers with me and, and my partner with me just to help me in, in the moment and in the time. And still these health professionals just don't listen. They don't care. They're trying to force me to do this test that I'm unable to do because of my anxiety. And it's just like, I've told you why I don't want to do it. I understand why they want me to do it, but still, there should be like other options. And so this was a doctor, like a, just a general. Yes. And this doctor is someone that is aware of your conditions. Yes. And so how are you finding trying to go there? Because you, you mentioned before that you were looking at, f you, you, you don't understand, that's what we were talking about. You don't understand why you have these dizzy spells and you're trying to find that out. Yes, that's correct. How is the doctor treating you? Um, they're treating me like they shouldn't be. So could you tell me a little bit more? We don't have to name names, but I just want to be able to put that out there for anyone who might be going through something similar. They're rude, they're obnoxious. Um, just talk, 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 talk. I'm like, slow down a bit, just slow down. They really need to slow down. I'm actually going to be going to a new doctor and I'm hoping that this doctor's going to work out. I have to travel further. I've done my research. And I'm going to a doctor who is more specialised in people with autism. That's awesome. So you've you've been in a bad situation, but you're breaking that barrier down as well and you're finding someone new and you've actually gone and looked them up. Yes, I have. Awesome. Good work. All by myself. I love that. <laughs> That's probably something you probably shouldn't be able to do either, given your conditions, which probably. is awesome. <laughs> and, um, okay, so... What would you, uh, I mean, I could say, what would you advise people to do in that situation if they're experiencing that and they've got autism? So obviously you, you think that the best option is... To, um, if, <laughs> if you have an issue with a healthcare provider. Speak up and say something. Don't, don't wait around. Um, your health is very important, everybody. Good job. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about next? I should, can you talk more about me being a support advocate? I don't just support people with autism. I also support people who have other disabilities. I know there's a lot of people who are probably listening out there that might need some help. If you ever need any help, I'm, I'm here to listen. And so how has it been for you in situations with your conditions where you feel like you've not been able to stand up for yourself? It's been terrible, but I'm, I'm learning more each day to be able to. And so how does it... So can you tell me about a time when you've been in that sort of situation and what happened and what your feelings were? Well, yeah, definitely the, the doctors is the best um, example. Being so angry and to the point I had to walk out of the doctor's surgery... Get by it, girl. <laughs> by myself, stormed out. 
I mean, that's not a bad thing, though. That's walking away from a conflict, which is quite a normal thing to do. Um, but then you've obviously taken those other steps in the background as well, which, again, you probably shouldn't be able to do. Um, so who do you do your support and advocacy work through? Um, well, I technically don't um, I don't get paid for it, so I just do it through myself. I just reach out to people on Facebook. Um, I've actually reached out to someone new recently. Um, she reached out to me saying that she's been having trouble finding a good doctor as well and I reached out to them saying, I've just found someone, I'm about to go and see them, I'll let you know how they go. That's awesome. Is there any kind of foundation for that though, for anyone that has autism to go to an advocacy service? Yes, there is. I was going to say, maybe you should start one. Do you remember Tanya that I interviewed? Yes. She's an advocate as well. Amazing. So that's something that's something that, that we don't, I don't think we, we get a lot of coverage on. What is that organisation called? Uh, I forget. We'll have but to come back to that one. Her name is Tanya Rado. That's awesome. Okay. So we're going to go to a song. We'll be right back. And this is Sugar Pie Honey Burn. For the community, Inspire Radio. This is Ria and Be Fridays. And I have Angie up in here. Up in here. <laughs> up in here. <laughs> up in here. <laughs> Um, so Angie, we did have some questions from one of our listeners and I'm going to give her a shout out. Lisa, shout out to Lisa. So one thing that Lisa asked was she would like to know about how your anxiety affects you in your relationship. But before we go there, I wanted to ask you, um, what is it like being in a relationship with autism? Well, yeah. Where do you start with that one? I've been with my partner almost three years now and it's the longest relationship I've been in um, and it's very tricky at times we have our times there's tough times there's good times and so going back to Lisa's question I just forgotten what the question is because it's my ADHD how does your anxiety affect you in your relationship and your autism it affects it a lot um, every day so what impacts it the most what symptoms that you experience um, impact on you guys the most when we first got together I didn't have all the dizzy spells and the anxiety is bad. And we were t- together four months and I accidentally told Zenlink that we were together. And that was my silliness. I was actually living by myself before I met my partner. Oh, okay, so you weren't living together at that time and you told them that you had a partner and then obviously you had to move in together after that. Yes. So, but what symptoms that you experience from your autism and your anxiety impact on your guys' relationships, on your relationship with, with your partner? Not being able to get what's out of my head, out of my mouth, has really affected it a lot. Not being able to have good communication skills. Um, And that's why I'm going to counselling and we are both actually in the counselling sessions most of the time. Does that help? Yes, it does. And how has it helped? It has helped us be stronger and be more together. And do you find that that helps with your communication? Yes, it has. And what about your anxiety? How does that impact on your communication before counselling? No, I turn into Dory. Dory Dory comes out a lot when I get anxious and she is terrible. That's why we we call her Dory. So Dory's hot-headed. She just keeps swimming. Yes, she does. And she's different to Ange. Yes. So how is she different to Ange in other ways while you're trying to relationship and communicate? Because um, she can't communicate um, at all when she turns into Dory. I know exactly what that feels like when I'm reactive. I can't see how that looks out on the outside until someone points it out to me 
and that makes me calm down. Is that sort of what happens for you in those moments when you're trying to get it out and you're feeling frustrated and you, you, you just can't put it into words? Yes. So what has the counselling done for you um, with the anxiety? It has helped um, me and my partner be closer and be able to spend more time together. Um, and it's, it's hard to be able to juggle everything with work. We both work. He works full-time. I work casual. So it's definitely hard. We're going on our date night on Sunday night. Aww. We haven't been on one in a long time. Get it, Sam. Take her out. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Sam. And so another question that I had from Lisa for you. How do you manage to know when things are really bad or when you're just anxious? That is hard to know sometimes. And sometimes you don't know, but sometimes you do know. So when do you think... Um, what was a time when you didn't know that it was your anxiety? Probably when I first got sick. I wasn't sure if it was my anxiety. And um, what did that look like? I couldn't get out of bed for months. Um, my poor partner had to take care of his leave to look after me because I couldn't even move. I got agoraphobia. I couldn't go out the house. I couldn't leave the house. Whoa, that must have been really intense. I couldn't even go to the toilet by myself. And that was just after moving in together, just, just a little while after. So that, that would have been more like an environmental factor. Yeah, it and was. Yeah, so how did that, how did that sort of happen? Um, well, I was living by myself for four or five years before I met my partner in Midland. I'm a Midland girl. I'm not a Rockingham girl. <laughs> but I've recently grown to like Rockingham and would never change being here. You are now a Rockingham girl as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm just saying. So you lived by yourself and you were able to go out and do day-to-day -day tasks and that sort of thing. And then you moved in with your partner and then you, you experienced agoraphobia where you didn't want to leave the house or maybe even the bedroom sometimes at all. Yep. Yep. So how, how did that happen? So you lived in Midland and you guys moved here? Yep. Um, he already had a house. He actually owns a house um, in Rockingham near the foreshore. Um, we were living there. I didn't have the dog back then, obviously, because it was a tiny little unit. Um, we now rent that unit out to someone and we ha have a house that we rent in Coolingup. And so when you moved, what did you leave behind? I left my family and my best friend behind. So all of your supports basically were just g g sort of gone from your day-to-day -day life? Yes. And then so you've gone into a new home, you know, a new environment, new situation with a new partner... And that sort of, maybe all of that sort of triggered this agoraphobia. I sure did. And I didn't get to spend Christmas with my family because I found out bad news about my family. My mum is very sick. See, that would send me into a really anxious episode as well. I would find it really hard to not only leave behind everything I've known for the last five years, move in with a partner and also find out family is sick. I feel like that's a normal kind of response is not wanting to get out of bed not wanting to leave the only environment where you feel safe and having to go out and find new supports and stuff like that. So I don't think that's abnormal at all. But how did you come out of that? It took me a long time to start feeling better. Um, I've only just started recently being able to feel better this year um, during the COVID time, actually. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, we actually decided to move to Gosnells for a while to be closer to my family and it didn't work out. So we actually moved back to Rockingham and I started feeling better because I knew the area and I knew people already here. That's awesome. So you, you came back here, you felt more comfortable and you've been able to get out more and go sort of from surviving to thriving. 
Yes. Which is what I'm saying. (laughs) And so you also sometimes are a carer for your brother. Yes, I am. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, He's coming to stay with us for Christmas and it's going to be my first Christmas with him. He's not listening in today. He's been having trouble with his internet. (laughs) But he's very cute. Yes, he is. And I understand he has a girlfriend. Yes, he does. And she's my best friend. (laughs) They are absolutely, both of them are gorgeous. Um, So how is that for you? How does that affect you with your conditions, being a carer for someone else that has other conditions? It is hard at times because most of the time my partner will be at work and I'll be there with my brother by myself. Um, He's staying for four days this time. This will be the longest time he's stayed with me. And I'm a bit nervous, but I can push through and look after him and he looks after me. So... And I understand he's a bit cheeky. Yes, he is. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Uh, <laughs> so he, he's been very cheeky lately um, because he knows that Christmas is coming around um, and somebody... Oh, I can't say that on live air. <laughs> so is he looking for the presents? Yes. Yeah. So what, is he, what does he do when he wants to find the presents? He starts looking around the house for them. That's cute. And I'm like, Santa's going to be bringing them. <laughs> Did <laughs> he have find to them? wait. No, he hasn't found them. Good. Um, but I understand sometimes you tell him not to do certain things and he does them. Yes, And then does. you have to get him to clean off after himself and that sort of thing when he's a bit cheeky. Very cheeky. Yeah. That's awesome though. I love the fact that not only do you have autism and a, a range of other conditions, you know, ADHD, and anxiety and a lot of barriers you're working you have a stable relationship you have pets you are able to get out and about you're on radio right now (laughs) you're you're going clubbing you go to pubs like you wouldn't even know I mean when I met you I didn't I didn't know that you had a condition at all because the way that we get along we're we're really you know odd together we just like giggle and do silly things we're not going to mention on air but you know it's it's almost like I don't see that when I look at you I don't see autism I see Angie and um what message would you have out there for anyone with autism who thinks that they just because they've been told by someone that they can't do something what would and maybe they are I don't know your level of exuberance and amazing what would you tell them where would you tell them to start trying to get out of their comfort zone Start by reaching out to me, maybe. Um, That might be a start. Reach out to your friends, your family and your support workers if you have any. Make sure you have a lot of support around you. It really helps. And if they think they can't do it, what what would you say? They can do it. Yeah. Because if I can do it, you can do it. Perfect. That's awesome. (laughs) So I want to thank you for coming on today. I know how hard this was for you, but you've done an absolutely amazing job and you look so comfortable here. You look like you're ready to have a little nap. I've missed being here at the radio station. (laughs) And um, I really hope that, you know, this is helping someone out there for you as well. Is there anything else you want to say? Don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. You have been listening to Angie and uh, we're going to go to a song. Thank you. For the community, Inspire Radio.